Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody, to Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 235. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And thanks so much for the donations and continued support. It goes a long way to help this ministry. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. And you know... I am a spiritual guy. It's important to me. I get encouraged with the word pastors, but what really helps me is talking with regular guys, spiritual guys that are out there slugging it out, meeting the challenges of life just like me. And that's why we're here. And we are on the No Church Answers Tour and glad that you've joined us. And because of that, our one half hour TV show, coincidentally called No Church Answers, is now airing Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on WYGA TV in Atlanta, and it will soon be available 24 7 on demand at PreachTheWordNetworkTV.com. And we are so appreciative. But our podcast is going to continue on, and it is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So please rate our podcast and leave a review. Uh, and without your support, this wouldn't be possible. And now we are going into the man of man uh, <laughs> lessons, and we're going to be talking about Samson. I want to go ahead and introduce our panel, and he is a former world-class policy writer, a current professional gambler. He is the show producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, Hello. Steve. And he is a former prosecutor and attorney. We call him the judge. He could... Defend you, throw the book at you. Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. <laughs> and he's into logistics, hospitality, Uber driver. You can buy an adult beverage from him at the Astros game. And I have a great guy. We call him the evangelist, Erloy. A world-class uh, corporate trainer, kind of the theologian. He's going to take the lead on this. We call him the Professor Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Robert. And, and my name is Bill Cox, and Robert. I am basically a uh, writer, indie filmmaker, that kind of thing. And But I work as a contractor, so I can pay for said writing, <laughs> filmmaking, and that kind of thing. So, uh, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to have the introduction of this awesome lesson, uh, Professor Koshu. So... We're going to take a two-week break from kind of our regular deal and do as Bill said, the man of men in the Old Testament. And it's the story of Samson. Samson's story takes place in Judges 13 through 16. And it's the one, when everybody talks about the judges, it's really the one everybody talks about. He took place roughly the 11th century B.C., Depending on how you count your judges, he's either the last judge or next to last judge. If you count Samson or Samuel as a judge, um, Samson is, the, however, he is the last story of a judge here in the time. He's, he's considered kind of a pre-Christ type figure, 
little bit based on how his birth was announced and handled and how he was set aside from the beginning. He's also compared to the Greek hero Hercules, you know, or Heracles, depending on if you're using the Greek name or the Roman name of him. Um, so he's kind of brought in with him, and he's considered a fallible hero and a man of great faith all at the same time. And he's portrayed as a very cunning warrior, although he really didn't lead the warrior. He kind of did it all himself. So there's some things there we can talk about him. And I have called him for years something because the biggest problem we have with Samson is Samson does not fit into our nice Sunday school box. We, we, we want to talk about this great guy who comes out and does all his stuff. You know, he's a follower of God. And all of that, and I call him Samson the Hebrew playboy because Samson liked the women, and he really liked the Philistine women. And that's a little bit of a problem <laughs> with that. And so with that, um, Bill, back to you, and let's get started. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the first scripture reading, and that is Judges 13, 1 through 7, the birth of Samson. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. There was a certain man of Zorab, of the tribe of Danites, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren, having bore no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Although you are barren, having bore no children, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, or to eat anything unclean. For you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor is to come on his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from birth. It is he who shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like that of an angel of God, most awe-inspiring. I did not ask him where he came from, and he did not tell me his name, but he said to me, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from birth to the day of his death. So let, let me jump in real quick with one thing. So the Philistines were new to the area. They weren't there when Israel came in and conquered the Holy Land. And they were interesting because they're often called the Sea People, if you look at historical record. And you can trace them. Some people to try to trace them back to Troy, you know, from the whole Trojan War thing. Um, Greek, Phoenician. But there weren't like one big thing. There were five different cities and they formed a military alliance. And but they had a pretty major technical advantage. They were actually the ones that introduced iron working. So Israel up to that point had been using bronze as part of their deal. They are now using iron, which is a much stronger metal, and you can do a lot more with it. So that is one reason why, and not only that, but they were warlike. They, they, the Israelites were agrarian. I mean, we've seen them use the ox goad as a weapon in one case. You know, they, they, they had true militia, basically. They, yeah. They, they were also physically bigger and stronger yeah. if we read, even if we read into the text. I mean, when Goliath himself was a Philistine. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, 
they are they are they are warriors. So just kind of set that up a little bit as we go through. Excellent, uh, Steve Titch. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm going to start in looking at some of um, Robert's notes because Robert really put this lesson together, put these next two weeks together, uh, and we we begin with this idea of Samson being a Nazarite and. I often, uh, well, one, one, one thing I'll throw out right now, he doesn't really choose to be a Nazarite. It's made for him by the angel and presumably God. So, so when we get into his behavior as a Nazarite, we can, I don't know, maybe we find some excuses there. But nonetheless, uh, there's this idea of being set apart. And what I think is important in this part, because we, we get his introduction here, uh, is... Well, to be set apart is also one definition of holiness. Holiness means being set apart or sanctified, one, one definition of it. So in some ways, um, Samson is being set up as, as a holy man, as someone who's going to be separate. Uh, now, the desire to set oneself apart is, is in some cases admirable to be, you know, to reserve one's behavior for a certain way. But it can also be a point of pride if you're not careful. You can, you know, this can happen in religious or secular. Uh, you risk becoming a poser. Um, I know plenty of vegetarians and vegans, and they don't talk about being a vegan and vegetarian to everyone they meet. And that's why we need to be careful as Christians about, even if we, if we abstain from wine, not the necessary to tell everyone how how we abstain, you know, how we don't drink wine or drink alcohol or what we don't do and don't do this because we risk running, you know, identifying ourselves by what we don't do rather than who we are and what we do do. So those, that's, where, that's where I'll begin with this idea of, of holiness, but I do want to just throw in for us a discussion. I like the idea of Samson. Samson would be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> You know, we have, you know, Jeffrey Hunter's Jesus or Robert Powell in some... Yeah, very, that, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, yeah this, is, this, is, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the or, strong... Or Kevin Sorbo. Kevin you know, Sorbo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, give a... He's a Christian. He played, he yeah. played Hercules. But yes, yeah. and there is, this, there is this parallel to Hercules. And we also see parallels to this idea of the, in, the, announced, the announced birth and the barren, the heretofore barren mother... And a lot of parallels we see, of course, in, in, in the Old Testament of that. So those are some ideas to kick it off with. Um, feel free to mm. take them or leave them. Earl, mm. Earl, uh, over, basic overview <laughs> yeah, from you. I, I'm always intrigued at these type stories where God chooses women or he chooses Take, for instance, Mary. He chose Mary to have Jesus. He chose mm -hmm. Abraham and Sarah, where these women were barren. Not that Mary was barren and not that, uh, but Samson's mom was barren. And then you got, I believe Leah was barren before um, she could have children. I'm always intrigued with these individuals uh, that uh, God chooses. And another thing I'm intrigued at, that, you know, knowing that a Nazarite is from birth means that you from birth to God. And if you can remember Samuel's mom, uh, she was barren, she was barren, and uh, she prayed. And uh, again, this sometimes, a lot of times, this has to do with the power of prayer, or if God chooses you. And I'm always, I'm always intrigued at the, the, the what God has for individuals who He chooses, the potential that they have, and 
you know, you go back and look at all the judges that we talked about, from Caleb to Athenial to Ehud, all of them had a all, all like take for instance Ehud was was handicapped and but it don't matter it don't matter what situation because God chooses you you it, it, you you just have this this potential that just just wow I, I even go back to this room I, I look at Bill and I was up under the tutelage of Bill in his class some years ago and just what he has how he had, has expanded God God chooses each and every one of us not only did he choose Sammy but God chooses each and every one of us and because God has chosen us. It, the, the potential is just it, it's just uh, sky is the limit. So um, it, it, it's the, what Samuel is going to display in his story. The potential is just is just unbelievable. But it always stops when we stop consulting with the Lord. When we when we when we give in to non when we give in to non obedience or should I say disobedience? That's when things start to fall. When we start stop consulting with the Lord. Excellent. Thanks so much. I'm humbled by, by that remark, but I'm also really sorry. I want to apologize to Michael Cropper because I'm going to make him follow Earl. <laughs> That's quite all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Overview from you, Judge. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're talking about a Nazarite. We're talking about Samson. And I had a long introduction here, but it doesn't fit, so I'm not going to look at it. Let's go, let's, go on to, let's go on to the Nazarite part that you were saying, Steve. And Steve hit it on the head really good. Um, a, a Nazarite... Uh, the times that we know of a Nazarite was uh, John the Baptist, of course, was chosen again by the Holy Spirit and by God himself, the angel of the Lord, to be a Nazarite. I think he was, his parents were visited by uh, Gabriel. It was not John the Baptist's choice to be a Nazarite, but he fulfilled it just great to the T up to the time of his death. In fact, he was so exuberant, he wouldn't let Herod off the hook whenever Herod was living with his sister and having sex with her. He, uh, he hammered the heck at him until his wife, Herodias, Herod's wife, had him put to death. So, so there is power in being a Nazarite because you're seeking the Lord. I, I think of it similar to fasting. You are doing a particular thing and your intent is to draw closer to God. Now the, uh, the other interesting time that we have a Nazarite is Samuel. His mother chose him to be a, 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 a Nazarite. She had not had a baby. Her name is Hannah, and her other wife of her, her uh, husband, Elkanah, was Penina, and she had several children. And Hannah was very, very much uh, upset that she could not have a child. And so she made a vow to the Lord, and she said to the Lord of hosts, If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, remember me and not from, forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. So that, that decision was made by Hannah, not necessarily from the Holy Spirit, although we like to think that God prompted her to say that. So anyway, so what does all this have to do? Has to do? Uh, Robert says that, that um, Samson is a playboy. I think he's a skirt chaser. <laughs> I, think, I think he has a when you think of playboy you think of ladies following you and I think of two and a half men on the television series when I think of playboy when I think of skirt chaser I think of somebody who's going to any extent to satisfy his testosterone his overly developed testosterone status and that to me is Samson because he goes down to Philistine Philistia and he seeks out a girl, 
and uh, who knows for whatever reason he finds the girl and the girls and Delilah later in Philistia <laughs> other than maybe he doesn't want the reputation to get back to the women in, in, in Israel <laughs> that he's going down and messing around but uh, uh, to me to me Samson we're going to look at a lot of things that happened to him in the, in this uh, this lesson I think he's a spoiled brat, but how in the world would his parents raise him and not spank the most strongest man in the world? I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the funny thing that you guys have brought this up about the fact that they were all children of either barren women or mm -hmm. women that had only one child. Now, mm -hmm. uh, I think all of us here uh, have brothers and sisters. I, I have no brothers. I have a sister. I have sisters. And I can tell you this, my mother definitely treated me different because I was an only son. And I got treated much different because of my dad, but in a different way. So I was treated, although I wasn't the oldest or the youngest, I was right in the middle, that that, that was. So um, yeah. that you was- You weren't spoiled, uh, were you? Oh, I mean, absolutely. you got spanked. Oh yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> you told and, us but, that. but that's not the, that's not the point. The point is, being treated differently and separate. And I can imagine how those women would have treated Samson and the others if they, how they must have cherished and been so careful during the pregnancy and making sure that they nurtured the child. Understand the, the healthcare and the pediatrics wasn't the same back in the day as it is now. So just, I mean, just think about how cautious they must have been at the early years of those, of those children. So, I mean, and that developmentally, I mean, if you have a child, I mean, that is going to be treated a lot different, you know. So, and I, I just wanted to well, kind of throw that in. I, I think there's that as a part of it, but it's also, I think, it's interesting because most Nazarites, they, John the Baptist, Samuel, and Samson are kind of the only three times we hear about the Nazarite being for life. Most people that took a Nazarite vow, their idea was that they took it for a short period of time. And once that was over with, they then shaved their head, started all over, basically. Chapter 2. Yeah, chapter 2. Nazarite 2.0. Right. Not, not someone who was from birth. De and and the three things that are listed is uncut hair, no wine or strong drink. There there are a lot of people that try to argue, well, it's just wine, it's not strong. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's very specific in this passage. Right. It was wine and strong drink. But and separation from dead bodies. And then that was to maintain cleanliness, but that was over and above what you were supposed to follow as Jewish law anyway. Mm -hmm. And well, he was supposed to do all of it. So let me inquire uh, the, the strong drink about the, the wine um, in Numbers, uh, I believe, 6 through 21, I believe, the, 21, the 20 or the 19th through 21st verse. It talks about after, uh, uh, after uh, submitting the, the mm -hmm. offering, then they could drink wine. I didn't understand that part. What, if they can't drink wine, and then at the end of the rules and oh, regulation, okay. it, it talks about it, then, then they can have wine. And, and, and what retrospect? It says, and if he accidentally sins and gets near a person who dies, mm -hmm. then it cuts off his right. time period that he is serving as a Nazarite. So he must cut off his hair, which Robert is referring right. to, I believe, I understand. 
he cuts off his hair and he must offer a sacrifice for sinning even though it was accidental and he did not do it intentionally. And then when he does that, that ends his Nazarite vow. So, so if he wants to renew it, he can. But at the time he ends his Nazarite vow, he can drink wine. All it right, is, and with that, we're going to okay. go ahead and take our first break. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, Podcast 235. We will be right back. Okay. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA Channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org thank you so much for your support and now back to the fellas of man up and welcome back to this man up spiritual oasis for men podcast number 235 we are talking about uh, the hebrew playboy that is samson and with that <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and adjust my uh mic real quick you know what there's nothing like uh live podcasting you know you know what i'm saying that's a, that's a true joy <clears throat> and one of the things about it is we are going to go into the second reading of Judges. This is a 14, 1 through 20, and this is about uh, Samson's marriage. Once Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw a Philistine woman. Then he came up and he told his father and mother, I saw a Philistine woman at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among your kin, among our people, that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, get her for me because she pleases me. His father and mother did not know what, that this was from the Lord, for he was seeking a pretext to act against the Philistines. At that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and when he came to the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion roared at him. The spirit of the Lord rushed on him, and he tore the lion apart barehanded, as one might tear apart a kid, as in small goat. But he did not tell his father and mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson. And then after a while, he returned to marry her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion, and honey, he scraped it out into his hands and went on eating as he went. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they ate it. But he did not tell them where he'd taken the honey from, the carcass of the lion. His father went down to the woman, and Samson made a feast there, as the young men were accustomed to. When the people saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. 
Samson said to them, Now, let me put a riddle to you. If you can explain it to me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 festal garments. But if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 festal garments. So they said to him, Ask your riddle. Let us hear it. He said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. But for three days they could not explain the riddle. On the fourth day they said to Samson's wife, Cook your husband to explain the riddle to us, or we will burn you in your father's house with fire. Have you invited us here to impoverish us? So Samson's wife wept before him, saying, You hate me. (laughs) You do not really love me. You have asked a riddle of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said to her, Look, I have not told my father or my mother. Why should I tell you? She wept before him the seven days that their feast lasted. And because she nagged him on the seventh day, he told her. Then she explained the riddle to her people, and the men of the town said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And then he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed on him, and he went down to Ascalon. He killed 30 men of the town, took their spoils, gave the festal garments to those who had explained the riddle. In hot anger, he went back to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. I'd say he was a bit upset. Uh, just throwing it out there? Yeah, you you would think he wouldn't have to kill him to take the garments. <laughs> but, I mean, this is one of the big... The big riddles for us, right, mm-hmm. or the big questions for us is, is was God in all this? Did God intend for him to go kill the men? The first question is, did he intend for Samson to go down to Philistia to find a woman? No. I, I, I personally don't think so. I think God could have created a storm or a war without this him going. Stuff. I, I, I guess I'm going to ask go, go ahead, guys. Can you be, I, I wait, can you, can you be a bad Nazarite? Yet still be a good and faithful Hebrew. Because well, yeah. never thought about that. Go, well, go ahead, Earl. Well, well, <laughs> bottom line, he did not. Uh, who called him a spoiled brat earlier? I did. Okay, <laughs> this is clearly this is his parents told him the woman wasn't for him, and he didn't matter what his rules and regulations was. He knew what he was not supposed to do, and that didn't matter to him. That's one. And exactly. two, when yeah. he grabbed the honey out the carcass, he knew that they wasn't supposed to do that. And he just, it, it didn't matter. He was, Bill, Bill made mention of it earlier. He was a player, and he was a spoiled brat, and he wanted his way. And when he got mad, he let you know that he got mad. And, so, and that's just the bottom line. The yes. thing about it is he was big enough to get his way. I'm, I'm from a farm, and I've been gored by an animal. I've been stomped by a horse. And I'm telling you what, the worst thing that happened to me, I had a pig almost rip my arm off. Mm. And I'll tell you what, when an animal is coming at you, you have to be awesome to be able to take that animal down. And if you're able to do that, that will affect your confidence the rest Amen. of your Amen. life. Yep. Can, can you imagine how he felt when he tore that lion, he tore up? That lion yeah. up? Can you imagine the ego? It's just, it just like... 
the sports figures, when they win something big and, mm-hmm. and, and they just you'll go off, never, you man, it's hard to bring them down. It's hard to bring them down. Bring it's hard down. to bring them down. That's it's right. hard to bring them bring down. On the, bring on the next line. Amen. Yep. In, in, in Agreed. today's vernacular, would we think he had affluenza? Well, he certainly. I, uh, I think we. I like what what Earl just called him. You you called him a playboy. He's a player. He he's not even above a little wagering here. He, hey, I bet you can. He's and, like Mike Tyson. When Mike oh, Tyson okay. when Mike Tyson like was the I, baddest man in the world. Amen. He he could walk anywhere, mm-hmm. and he didn't mm-hmm. have he he didn't have any a walk in music or an entourage <laughs> or anything. He showed up by himself, and you just knew there was a bad man there. And, and not only that, he was smart. He 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 named off the riddle, and nobody could nobody nobody, nobody knew it. Nobody so not only he was he, he was nobody. a right he was a rice student or a harvest student, meaning he knew things that nobody else knew, and that also keep you up on a pedestal. Whereas I'm a bad man. And, and another thing about this story is too. Steve Titch is a professional gambler. He knows when to gamble. These thirty, they 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 did they couldn't afford to gamble thirty linen garments. And then so they go to his wife. Hey, coaxed him. What what you invite us here to impoverish us? No, dude, you made the bet with Samson. So be able to afford your bet. And, and you know what? And then and when his wife, when she just wailed for days and he finally well, just told that, her that, that, is foreshadowing. that of course is foreshadowing and yeah, that is, shows yeah. shows samson's one no, vulnerability it just shows that the the culture their culture was stronger than her bond to him oh, okay. no doubt the, their culture no doubt. of being well, Philistine. He got away with well, calling well, it. was bigger than that. And so yep. that's when he just took him out. Yep. See, yeah. I, I, I'm with well, Steve, though. I think that is, I think that is as fallible as Samson was. Mm-hmm. And, boy, he had some fallibles here. Mm-hmm. He He's a spoiled brat. I totally agree with that. Cause, now, I don't want one of those Hebrew women. I want that Philistine woman because she's exotic and hot. Amen. And whatever. Exactly. He, and he, he was used you know, to getting what he wants. Yeah. He was used and, to getting yeah. what he wants. And, and right. then, then he, well, he, don't we? He, don't we as oh, men? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, why? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why you go to school. That's why you work out. I mean, you, that's you right. The thing. It, right. To so get what you he, want. He, he, he gets the rush no from doubt. ripping the lion in half. And yeah, I've. But, my son has told wonderful stories I bet of some he has. athletes. I bet he has. Now, he's also told me the ones who are good. I bet he has. <laughs> you know, and he has met he gets, some who He gets are, to hear all the locker room talk. Oh, I bet, I bet it's just right. down to earth. I bet it's yummy down there. I bet it's yummy yeah. down there. Yeah. I suggest you but, never call your wife a huff, heifer or your girlfriend yeah. a heifer <laughs> because you never oh, do that. Oh, you absolutely not. Absolutely not. Steve's right. He's a player. He goes into the whole gamble bit. There is a saying. Then, he, then he, violates, he violates his unclean body dead body thing with the honey and and notice he doesn't even care to tell his parents about it and he gives and, them okay, some as to say who are they they right. have to answer to me yeah. and, you know, he don't yeah. tell them that's true. well and the the other thing about it is okay there's a lot made about cleanliness and uncleanliness in the old testament if you go read that all those laws existed in this world that existed that before refrigeration mm-hmm. existed and they were there because why didn't the Israelites eat pork? Because, hey, pork goes bad. If you've ever had it's bad dirt. pork, <laughs> it, and, uh, it cannot be a pretty experience. Well, just a you comment know. on the... So, um, so he, he gives that, and then... That's why, you, that's why you make ham. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Then he <laughs> then he goes and rips the he goes and does this whole thing, and then he gets mad. He he is such a player, but as bad as all those were, he has one fault, and it's the skirts, as Mike says. Now let's 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 go yeah, back to yeah, go to my because yeah. this is worth talking about because you know I've got got my new study study Bible here. The the commentators would say that despite all of this, Samson is working to God's purpose. And you, 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 do, get, you do get a textual clue back in the first thing where, 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 uh, where he's going to go marry the Philistine woman and the author, throw, the author of Judges throws in the side, well, this is all God's purposes despite Samson not you know, going outside, the, outside Israel. Uh, nonetheless, this whole thing supposedly is happening uh, because you know it's it's at God's direction. Is it? Is it part of it? Is it? Is it a? Is it an interesting way God is working here through working through Samson's Samson's weaknesses, rather than you know we've seen some strengths in Judges. You know he calls on, but here you know he's a wild man, but he's taking it all out on the Philistines. The, the question: Yes, did God direct all these things? <laughs> he seems to. Be, uh, my answer is no. <laughs> Samson died at a young age. He died way before he was supposed to. My my answer to that is, is God's going to work his will mm-hmm. against one the Philistines one way or another? Way or another. Yep. Samson just started off on the wrong foot. And, <laughs> right, right. But God knew. God knew what he was going to do when he birthed him. Nope. Right, guys? We believe that God is mm-hmm. omniscient. We believe that he knows our future. He knows what we're going to do. And, and yep. he works it, the circumstances nope. to fit mm-hmm. His plan. We're here. All of us, all five of us are here for God's plan. Amen. Amen. Not for our Amen. own plan. Well, that's true. And we're, let me reiterate what he just made mention. All, out of all his disobedience, it all going to circle around where God is going to get the glory because he's going to come to God. It, it always happens. Whenever we get down, we go, we go right back to the source, and God is going to prevail him, and he's going to be able to defeat the, the Philistines. Yes, and up to the point. See, Samson. Is, Samson is a spoke in the wheel, just like just like each of us. And and the thing about it is, big wheel. You you kind of look at him. And he he, in the uh, grand scheme of things, might have been a cruise missile right into the Philistine, heart of the Philistines. You know, and was just uh, just one short little scud missile mm-hmm. that uh, that God sent their way. Um, but see, that's that's the thing about us. Our lives are finite. God is infinite, so we're here for a little time, and we're trying to make sure that we our lives have meaning. And so sometimes we step way out of our lane because we're trying to help God out. When the reality is, <laughs> God doesn't need our help. <laughs> you know, He we are helping God by using the talents that He's given us, mm-hmm. staying in our lane and a and affecting the rings that are around us. Yeah. The uh, thing with the, with the wife, uh, she hounded Samson until he told her the answer to the riddle. You've heard the expression, blood is thicker than water. If you read that verse, it says they threatened to kill her family. Yes. And mm-hmm. she's really, while, and back then you're married when you're betrothed, right? Mm-hmm. He yep. had not had relations with her yet. As we'll see, he went to her father and took a goat and says, I want to have relations with my wife now. I want mm-hmm. to consummate the marriage. And 
You all know what happened. We'll, we'll cover he's, that in a little bit, He's been right? giving away. Yes, he's giving away. <laughs> well, I gave her away already. Hey. Which doesn't seem to bother Samson that No, it, it, it doesn't. He's like, well, I'll just take the younger sister. Okay, fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, podcast number 235. Total man subject. We're talking Samson here, uh, and I'm going to read the uh, third uh, scripture reading, which is Judges uh, 15, 1 through 5, and uh, 14 through 17. After a while, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife, bringing along a kid, as in small goat. He said, I want to go into my wife's room, but her father would not allow him to go in. Her father said, I was sure you had rejected her, so I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister prettier than she? Why not take her instead? Samson said to them, This time when I do mischief to the Philistines, I will be without blame. So Samson went and caught 300 foxes, took some torches, turned the foxes tail to tail, put a torch between each pair of tails. When he had set fire to the torches... He let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up the shocks and the standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive groves. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him and the spirit of the Lord rushed on him and the ropes that were on his arm became like flax that he had caught fire and his bonds melted off his hands. Then he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey reached down, took it, and with it he killed a thousand men. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. When he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and that place was called Ramath Lehi. The thing about this particular story is, um, back in the old time, a agri- little bit of agricultural knowledge here real quick. Shocks of wheat is what they harvested, of course, because wheat retains its moisture. So y- y- it won't even come out of the stalk unless it's dry. So that's why they put them in the, what's called shocks because it's, you get it all together. And then when you go and pick it up after it's dry, you can pick up one big group at a time. So that's sitting there drying. And so if you imagine it drying and then flames coming anywhere close to it, it will absolutely consume that because it will be so dry. Mm. So that is not hard to believe at all that 
foxes could rather, I mean, and people debate it whether it was foxes or men or whatever, could set fire to the whole harvest. I mean, because it's sitting there drying, and it could absolutely happen. Yeah, that, that's, that's 150. Yeah. That's 150 things with fire, that's, and and if you tie two animals together, and mm-hmm. have, have you ever <coughs> messed with animals? No, yeah. You, you know, not like that. Yeah, I that that I, I can tell you just from playing with my cat. <laughs> you tied their tails together. That that would not go over well for the two animals. It's going to make them just go crazy. Mm. And they're going to just go nuts. And so you picture these animals, 150, 150 torches, basically running all over like crazy. Oh yeah, you can just basically say a lot. You can just basically say a lot, and that can really, that can ruin your that that could start a famine. Oh, it absolutely yes. could. Wow, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's good hearing hearing that from a perspective from somebody who uh, grew up on a farm. Because as I was studying that scripture, I was. First of all, I was just I was just wild by again going back to how smart he was and how he was able to p- just put little stuff like that together. But I was I got a bit you know when he talked about going into the grain and setting it off on fire. But that was a good explanation how you how I explained it because I me not growing on the farm I, I don't know what that looks like. But just from your perspective and just from you knowing what that looks like, uh, that's a good good view. Just just a good vis- uh, vision. Just uh, listening to you. We called Harvest Day Payday. Mm. But back then, in that time, not only was it payday, but it was grocery day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, harvest time. So I want to go ahead and uh, call on Michael Cropper. Yes, what would you like to know? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> just to open it up, and just a little bit of wisdom. Not too much. All right. <laughs> um Let's see the uh, the the foxes went and lit all these things on fire. Now I'm wondering if there's really 300 foxes. First of all, 150 tied together. Mm-hmm. If somebody just who who couldn't count wrote the scriptures, <laughs> that's a lot of foxes to t- tie well, together. Yeah, it speaks to Samson's strength, agility. I mean, not just strength. He, you know what a fox hunt looks like. He went and found 300 foxes. He right. he rounded them up. Managed to tie them together, light them up. I mean, this is this is, to some extent, an, an, a Herculean tale right here. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. you can you can you can take it or leave it. But I think the point is is that he, he was just totally awesome. Yeah. No <laughs> go doubt. Ahead, but go ahead. Yeah. No. No. The uh, first of all, he has a valid bone to pick. When she, when the yeah. father gives oh, away, oh no question about it. He's living. The way said it is perfect. He says, he says, all right, I've been looking for this opportunity. <laughs> you guys right. blew it, and I have the, I have the will of the Lord behind me because she has just committed adultery. His father has caused her to commit adultery, and Samson says, all right. I'm going after you for this, and I have a valid reason to do that in, in the scripture that I believe in and in the God that I believe mm-hmm. in also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, anyway, I think it's strike three. I think it's the third disrespect from the Philistines to him. And it's the third time that they don't recognize that well, he is awesome Samson. Well, well, and it's like they don't give him his due and that's why this time he's going after them. He's going after their food, and then he kills them. He's just livid. Let, let's just backtrack. The first one was uh, when they coaxed his wife, 
And what was the second? I must have missed the second. What was the, the first one when they coaxed his wife when they when they hounded her to give him the answer? You know, they went around. You know, they went around the back door to get the answer. And then what was what was the second one? I because, would say, I would say the second one was when his uh, he went to visit his wife, and, and he, the dad wouldn't let him see her. And then okay. he goes, "Oh yeah, oh and okay, okay, okay." okay. Then, let then, then, then he told the news that I gave her to uh, yeah, your best man. man. Okay, right. okay. And that's when it that started the and, trouble, right? And then I think I think that just he he, he was done with them. I, I really, I really think so, and he didn't. He didn't really. Do you remember Saul gave away David's wife Michelle? Yeah, yeah. To another man. It, it, and, uh, sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, go go, ahead. that's fine. It, it I, a very good observation. And another thing, like you said, his. I, I'm just coming to learn that you said that his dad, her dad, didn't want her to have Samson, and neither did Samson's parents it, want no. Samson to have her. Absolutely. So that's 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 uh, that's very very uh, this is, interesting. This is all going back to him. I, I right. wanted her. Didn't matter what daddy mm-hmm. wanted. Didn't matter what his mom and dad mm-hmm. wanted. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. She's the one I want. And, and, and like you said, when he doesn't seem to get horribly up. I mean, he gets upset, but he's kind of like, yeah, okay, I'll take the sister. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one Philistine woman, two Philistine women. What the heck? It's good. It's all good. We, we, we didn't cut. I mean, actually, for space we, 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 and time, we, we didn't cut. We, we, went, we, we cut us a little bit because after this, um, I guess the, the Philistines really get mad and they start chasing after him. And this is down, for, for some geography, this is now down in the southwestern part of Israel. It's where the, the Philistines are in the area where the Gaza Strip yeah, is today. In fact, Gaza is identified. It's still called that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that is also land that was given to the tribe of Judah. So that's where Judah and the Troy, and they talk about Judah, that being the, the men of the tribe of Judah. And uh, apparently, they're under the thumb of the Philistines at this point, and and you make your your point of that. You know, the other judges rally, rally the Israelites. Here, the the Judans, the Judah, the men of Judah, I don't want to are 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 very lukewarm. Yes, at, they at they best. they at best. they <laughs> capture him, but they don't. You know, they don't want it. They they they, they they're not going to kill. They're not going to. They're not going to carry out the, you know, the desires of the Philistines to kill them. So they'll just turn them over. We'll just, we'll just, you know, go back to them. You take care of them. But, but yeah, so I think, but I don't think, I, I, I don't think there was anybody to delegate this to. We talk about how the other judges rallied the troops. The, the men of Judah do not seem interested in throwing well, off it, the yoke of the Philistines. And they tend to see... Samson, Samson is, is making waves. <laughs> yeah. He's the disruptor. There's two parts to this, and, and this is part of why I wanted to bring this up, is I think Samson leads to the monarchy being needed mm-hmm. because the monarchy is what is... There, there is a huge school of thought and a huge argument that you needed Saul and David because, in reality, the Philistines exist until David finally deals with the Philistines. Mm-hmm. When he's king, not not even after even after they hang around yeah, after Goliath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Samson makes Samson does it. The other judges made this. You guys are coming against maybe not all of the tribes of Israel, but you're coming against these tribes of Israel because mm-hmm. we we talked in previous discussions where the judges really didn't get all twelve tribes together. Mm-hmm. I think the best was eight. You know, somewhere in there, Samson goes backwards in the sense that he makes it all personal with the Philistines. What? 
And and but I but I I think there's there's a couple of man lessons here. Number one, where you get in trouble in the business leadership world is when you make it all personal. Mm. It it's got to be business. And 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 you know I've been called the cold-hearted one because I can look at it somebody and go, no, you don't need to be here anymore. And and it's because you have to be able to make that decision and recognize that you're doing the right thing. The other thing he does is he doesn't go get help. He does what a lot of us guys do, especially us Western guys, Western, Southern guys. You know, we want to pull ourselves up by bootstraps and I don't need help from nobody and I'm going to go and get it done. When in reality, there are times we all need help. Bill, you, you like to say, you know, if you need help, you can ask for it. You know, and, it, and I think that's part of the deal that Samson creates more of his own problems here because he, he makes it all very personal. And then once he's going, you know, hey, he's got the great strength. I'll be first to admit, he took the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand men with it. And, you know, the jawbone of an ass is killed with words have been used by a thousand to kill a thousand people as well in today's <laughs> world by leaders. You know, you don't need, he didn't need the help to do the feat, but he needed the help to get the job done. Well, the thing about uh, government back, uh, well, actually, uh, um, government in its simplest <laughs> form should be borders, language, and culture. And that's the, the things that government typically, uh, and then they add on from there. And what Samson did to uh, hurt um, his own group was ignore the borders. Mm -hmm. And so he brought on those issues, him, not only on himself, but he brought it on his people. And so that's why I absolutely see why the men of Judah were kind of lukewarm because here we have a hero and you are a hero because you've you're you've shown your strength and you've shown your capabilities and you're absolutely awesome but you need to stop steering up problems with our neighbors and that's the and that's why I see the men of Judah just having a lukewarm reception for him totally get it well they know he's been going down first of all they know he's a Nazarite right they know he's been breaking those vows which is what you said when he's broke the borders right he sinned after sin after sin and God was very merciful with him and very gracious with him many many times when he did all these things you guys have named from uh, throwing a party with by the way they provided 30 men to have a feast with him for his wedding. They were Philistine men. Right. He went down first. He looked at a Philistine woman. He he took, partook of the, of the honey from the carcass. Uh, he told his parents he had to have her. All these things are sins in the Nazarite way, or they were unclean things that occurred. And uh, he did it consistently. And more than likely, the men of Judah, like you said, knew what he was supposed to do, and then he wasn't doing it. Excellent. And we're coming down to the end of podcast number 225, or 235, hard to believe. And uh, going to get some uh, final thoughts and man takeaways 
from this particular lesson. I just and I want to start it out um, this time because normally I wait till the end, but I usually forget what I'm going to say. Um, but on this particular one, though, it, they say he did God's will even though he was a fallible man. And I think we're all flawed. And we all work on this faith walk to be useful to God. And I don't think we actually know when we are until it's the spoke in the wheel and maybe once our physical time has passed. And so that's why I, I wanted to just throw that out just to start out. And Mr. Well, I'm gonna I'm going to pick up that ball because I, as we've gone through this, I've suddenly realized something. Um, but we, we started when, when Robert said he's a, he's, we want to put uh, Samson kind of in a Sunday school box. And he may not be a role model uh, he, or, or on a limited basis. I would not think but, so. he yeah. is a, but he is a fascinating character and one I would not have thought would have shown up in the Bible. But to, to parallel with some of our culture um, and some of the, the films uh, our listeners might have shared, there's a, there's a film from the 50s called Shane. Um, also, yeah. there's a film from the right. 50s called The Searchers. Both of those have very troubled major characters. In, in Shane, the character is a gunfighter who is trying to escape that past. Uh, in The Searchers, John Wayne plays an ex-Confederate soldier uh, who has problems with, with his hatred of the Indians and bigotry. Bottom line, the things that makes these characters uh, fascinating is that they are required to preserve the community, but they never find a place in that in community. The, community. Uh, the, the Searchers ends with Alan Ladd running away from the town he saved. The very famous last shot of the searchers is the whole family which which john wayne's character ethan ethan brought brought together through his exploits to the film they all go into the house john wayne's character stays outside which is john ford's total comment on the direction in the end of the end of the of american history in the end of the west uh the we, we're having here with samson the same thing a character who in many ways is there to, to really bug the heck out of the Philistines. I mean, he destroys their crops. He creates a lot of problems for an, an enemy of Israel and certainly, certainly pretty explicit in Judges, enemy of God. He's, he's, he's a blunt instrument yes. uh, and does it pretty much by himself and not necessarily on any great rallying that's free, you know, God's people, but he's, he's creating problems but he really, he never goes back, what we'll see next week. He never really gets himself back into the Israelite community. And, and it's an, it, that's, that's my take on this. The, he's the hero who is required to preserve the community, but can never be accepted by that community. Wow. He, he's an anti-hero. Yes. Anti-hero. <laughs> he's an anti-hero. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, your uh, takeaway from this particular podcast We've looked at Samson, and we know him for his strength, right? One of the important things we didn't really talk about was that <clears throat> while he was serving God, 
he was strong when the anointing would come on him. It wasn't on him 24-7. The, the scriptures refer to that, and you can infer that from the scriptures. But anyway, a couple points. It is good to be strong physically, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> was that Bill that said that? No. <laughs> but it is much more important to be strong spiritually. Point out, and, and this people, we want to point out that some people are unable to develop physical strength. Maybe you're, you're, you're like that. But anyone or you who tries, you can develop spiritual strength by keeping the covenants and obeying the commandments of God. You pray, read the Bible and such. And it's much more important when Samson probably would not have gotten into the situation he got himself into had he stayed spiritually strong. He kept the physical strength, but he didn't keep the spiritual. And and one thing I want to make, we if God gives us a gift, we should not abuse that mm-hmm. gift. And you guys have said that pretty much so far. S- Samson abused the gifts God gave him. And we'll look more of that next week when we finish up this on Samson. God gifted him with incredible strength, but he abused it. And he used the might to show off rather than bring glory to God. And we'll see that in another one when he goes in to sleep with the prostitute, uh, Philistines, and he picks up the gates on the city, right, and carries them off. So the, the final thing that we've been saying, and folks, we want you to know, sin has its consequences. Don't, don't believe you can get by with it. It may not show up now. It may not show up next year. But if you keep up the sin, it will eventually show up and it'll eventually hurt you. And we'll see that with Samson on the, on the next uh, uh, sequential podcast. Earl Lloyd. There's so many away. angles. There's just so many angles you can just um, attack this lesson from. But I, I'll start with my clothes and how I started my, my opening. I'm just so in, I'm just so wild with characters uh, like this, as uh, Steve makes mention. Um, one thing... Uh, Anytime you can just tear a lion apart, you know <laughs> God is with you. And, you know, what what comes to my spirit when I, you know, read that scripture about him tearing a lion apart. Remember David when David used to fight bears and, 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 and lions? You know God is with you. But it goes back to what Michael Cropper talks about. When you keep doing what you don't supposed to do, it just catches up with you. And But that is, it still shows the love of God is with you, even even when we even when we fail. In, in David's story, uh, God had somebody to come to David and and say, "Look, you know Nathan, who who kind of pointed it out." In this story, we don't get to see somebody of a godly figure or that God sends to kind of warn Samson of his of his spiraling downward. And uh, we talked about it. You we spiraled down by. The higher we go, and, and, and I always pray, I always pray to God that when I get too high, bring me down. When I get too low, bring me up. In this case, Samson just, just, he, he just, he just spiraled out of control, and he knew, he knew God is with him because when we talk about next week, his his, his fall, when, when he fall, how he goes to God and asks God for his uh, his, his his one last request, and uh, but we'll get into that next week. But uh, mm-hmm. be cognizant, be cognizant, always consult with the Lord thy God. Excellent. Uh, Takeaway from you, Professor. So don't don't take everything personally when you don't need to. Because I, I think Samson's big downfall oh, is he, 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 took it, he took it all personally. Yeah. He, he didn't realize I'm here to do a job for God, and I ain't got to make it about me. And I think that's what he did is he made it about me. Yeah. 
And so he did that. And so you don't want to make it personal. But then also, listen to God. And when Bill was talking, or Steve was talking movies, I thought of Billy Jack. The old Billy Jack. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm really dating myself <laughs> there, but... But that but it, was, it, it was you went way back. That was, yeah. that was I that like Churchill was older than that. Bruce Lee. I'm probably the only guy that saw that, all that three Billy Jack, of them. Billy Jack was yeah. awesome. Oh man, yeah. Tom oh, Laughlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never but, will forget the kick that he kicked kick yeah, the guy yeah, in the face. Just looking at him, I'm gonna take this foot and I'm gonna hit you there. There's nothing you can do about it. I need to pull that up on Netflix and watch it. I haven't seen that in years. But it's one of those deals where. And Steve's right. He's not a rallier of the community because of this. He made it all personal. And so, in a way, maybe he's here to show us we can fail even if God's on our side and if we don't pay attention to God. You know, and we get some redemption there at the end maybe, but maybe that's the lesson of Samson is that even if, we, even if God's on our side, we can still fail if we don't do it the way he wants us to do it. Excellent, uh, and this has been a great podcast. I just want to throw in one thing. There's a difference between vice and habits. Don't let them become the same. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. And once again, thanks so much for our sponsors and supporters. So on behalf of, of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Earl Lloyd, I'm Bill Cox. Our one-half-hour TV show, No Church Answers, is now airing Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on WYGA-TV in Atlanta, and it will soon be available 24-7 on demand at PreachTheWordNetworkTV.com. And our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. So please rate our podcast, I guess, what, five-star? Awesome. We want five-star. Five star. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, leave, and leave a review. And if you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page, or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. And if you are unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. Starts Sundays at 945. And when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class, that can, you can join for small group discussions like this. And find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man. Created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions. And we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.